button we're live. Not done this in a while. No, we haven't. I asked to tell a joke and Chris said, no, I do the jokes. I do the jokes. Okay, let's hear it then. This pig went to see a therapist. This is literally my joke. Said to the therapist, I need help because I think everyone's trying to kill me. And the therapist said, I can cure you. Pig said, oh, not you as well. I don't really want to start the music at that point because it's so, I mean, there's a lot of build up there and everything else. I'm even thinking about cutting the music. Why? I don't know. I just fed up with it. But like any any client, it's a okay, distinctive brand asset, <laughs> yeah, my sure, friend. Sure, 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 sure. Where's that? People love it. Okay, the people do love it. People have said that they want to buy it. What's <laughs> 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 it? Well, Donald Trump. People, many people, uh, some people right. say it's the best intro music to a podcast they've ever heard. Stop talking. You can tell we've not done this one a while, haven't you? Because so, we've got the, the banter of a five-day-old dead pig. Welcome to The Good. Round Up Good is a banking consultancy in the United Kingdom. And I am joined by Chris Lumsden. Hello there. And Julie Murdoch. Hi. And we get together, not as often as we should, to have a little chat about brand. And today is no exception to that. See how smooth I'm fading that out there? It's like you've never been away, Stuart. I I don't know how you can say you don't like that music. I I know, I know. Maybe maybe I wish we could just listen to 40 minutes of that. Well, (laughs) so did probably a lot of people. Uh, So today... We uh, have a new topic. We have a new topic. Our topic this week is not about me shouting about stuff. It's about Stuart shouting about stuff because he's written a ranty article. About Uh, something that rips his knitting. knitting. What's ripping your knitting, Stuart? It's the kind of thing where, like, imagine you're knitting, right? And you're so <laughs> angry, right? And you've knitted, like, a scarf or something. Like and then Tom Daly. Like, yeah, Tom Daly's doing his knitting. And then suddenly you kind of see something on the telly or somebody says something, you get so angry. You go, and you stand up and then your knitting is indeed ripped. Such is your rage. And what is inducing the rage? Well, brand love. Oh. It, it, Controversial. Well, it's one of these terms that fucking rips a man out. And so it's the kind of thing we're like, it, and, and starting bold. Today. Well, I saw an article. So, well, you've written an article called yeah. Can't Buy Me Brand Love. Originally, and it was kind of. I have to say, but before you yes. launch into your mm-hmm. thing, I think it's one of the most entertaining articles I've ever read that you've written. And I mean it, genuinely. Thank you I think it's very, I agree. very I enjoyed funny. It. Very I enjoyed funny. It. And I have had two people two. in my orbit tell oh. me. That they think it's very good too. Well, that's very kind. The, so read the, it, folks. Well, the original title was Fuck Your Brand Love. Right, But that, right. that wasn't very SEO-able. Turns <laughs> no, no, out. turns out, no. no. There's not a lot of people searching for that. <laughs> um, it, it was like Fuck Your Brand Love. And so tell us why. Well, the, the reason being is that it's one of these phrases that kind of comes up from time to time. Accenture has a, a, a love index, and there's a company oh. called Brand Love, and say, how can we... How can we Consumers love your brand. And on one hand, I, I don't think anybody does love brands. And I say that 100% as a brand person and believe that brand can ch- change businesses. What does love mean? What, mean? Well, yeah. Well, well <laughs> Chris, it's like love. Just, it's just, well, let's get into what love means. Well, let's get led to love later. But I think it's the kind of thing where you kind of sit there and go, I mean, as I start the article off, it's like kind of, you know, Aladdin finds a lamp and he rubs the lamp and a genie comes out and one of the wishes Aladdin goes is going to make 
people love my wellness app. And the genie goes, no, because I can't make people love anything. And go, Fuck that. And it's like, I mean, and if a genie can't, if one of the rules for a genie is we can't make people love anything, an agency can't make you fucking love stuff either. And I think when you see it about like brand love, it's just one of these things that you go, people don't really love brands. It's a shorthand. And, you know, for I like something and here's all the associated things, but to actually then use brand love as some kind of crazy metric. just Or, or an, as an objective, yeah, which is nonsense. Yeah. Because we know. It's a much more abstract, you said in your article, a nebulous thing. So how do you use that as a metric for measure, you know, measurement on brand performance? Yeah. It's not a... It's, and and it's there's that stat that we kick around. It's actually pinned to the wall behind Stuart, which says that... 80% of a brand's buyers know little or nothing about that brand. So that's the reality of it. I think that's a Downhead Bass or a Baron Sharp stat. I can't remember who quote, but it's, you know, it's been backed up. But um, it I just shows that there's very little love out there, isn't there? But the point, and you kind of make a similar point in your article, Stuart, is about even the other 20%, or I think you've said 95 and 5, we know the mm. 5%, even that remaining percentage of people who do know something about the brand don't love it. They will continue to buy it and engage with it and connect with it for a number of for a number of reasons. But those reasons aren't unconditional love. And this is the point we were talking about earlier. Where mm. and you again, you make it in your article that you love your family, you love your kids. Even if you have strong feelings toward a brand, that's not unconditional. I think that you don't have to go that far wrong before you're out and somebody else is in because they are meeting the, your needs on that particular. Yeah, there are a whole load of conditions, so. aren't there? Firstly, yeah. like, is it available? Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. it here? And how much is it? Although we did, and Stuart and I talked about this ages ago, and I can't remember, but this was started to be a topic for something else, I think, but it was around why, and it's, it's an extension of this same topic, why are you more for, why you're more forgiving of some brands than you are of others? Mm-hmm. And I think there's definitely a, an affinity that you have towards a brand because you're, broadly your experience is positive so when they do do something wrong or they don't get you know or don't get something quite right apple is another ex- perfect example of this you're very forgiving of them because everything else around it is still really really positive you know the products are great you know whatever and the service recovery aspect the, can yeah. elevate the brand yeah. in your in your eyes as so well, yeah. you know perhaps those the 20 percent of brands that you do know something about or you do care about in some way shape or form are likely to fare better when things don't necessarily go so perhaps a better stated objective in the brief is we want our buyers to have an affinity with our brand rather than, you know, it's a difficult thing to... I mean, I think the, the weird thing is about it is it's one of these catch-all terms that actually hides really good metrics mm. that you can use. Mm. And it's almost like I kind of... What talk, are some of those metrics? Well, I mean, are we growing as a business? It's probably mm. one of the, you know, it's it just kind of hides it and it's almost... For me, this is we were talking about earlier on with a client that feels that one of their one of the old bosses of the business thought that marketing was fluffy, and it's this shit mm. that actually contributes to that fluffiness. Yeah. Because, and that's what annoys me about it. It actually puts us back. Mm-hmm. And when Accenture start doing things like, and it's not just Accenture, by the way. There's a whole lot. You Google brand love. Hopefully, I've SEO'd mine to go fuck your brand love and at the top, but. <laughs> it's the thing where when you look at it, it is, it's in the vernacular and I wonder where it's come from. I can't think it's any CMO. I'm wondering if it's the kind of C-suite and it's that whole marketing by air in flight magazine thing where you go, do people love your brand? It's important for people to love your brand. And and it's just, it, it just reduces the conversation about what makes a strong brand. 
to, uh, to nonsense. But that brands have been... talked, but we brands for since the beginning of time have talked about ambassadors and loyalists, haven't they? And I think that's that. I think that that's presumably where the notion of love comes from. Yeah. If you you know if you love something, you're much more likely to be loyal to it and buy it again and again and again. But it's it just grows into a, it's it's yeah grows into a metric that realistically is somewhat meaningless yeah and, and i do see an article that you know you're hoping for if it's and i do go maybe i'm being brand wank and kind of changing one phrase for another but that kind of sense of to develop a, ro- a non-rational disposition towards your brand whereas like you can't quite understand why you pick it but you do pick it it's kind mm. of like you can't really yeah. quite explain it and julie and i were talking about this i was faced with this very challenge at the weekend because i was buying booze i love my booze right and i needed to buy gin because i had a wee yeah uh, with the old gin, I fancied getting some gin. I didn't have any gin in the house. Went to the cooperative uh, supermarket and there in front of me and behind me, two walls of gin. Must have been where, a big and where did you start, Stuart? Well, that is the thing. Where do you start? Because you just look at it and you're kind of, and, and it's weird, all the kind of thing that we talk about in practice was there. And, and I ended up buying a gin that I've seen a lot on YouTube, quite like the bottle, was actually, because I'm a snob, a little bit more expensive than the other stuff so I went because I don't buy it often I was going to treat myself well you work hard and you're worth it well thank you Chris so and and that's how I ended up buying it at no point was it was all associations it was all other things it was all that looks a bit were nice you consciously it. decoding this yeah, as you were yeah doing when it. I was you doing well, it the all things when I was doing it one, yeah. when I was doing it I was going I, this is all nonsense because it's not about cost it's not about you know it's, it's not rational I'm, I'm buying I, I bought something that I've seen on a on a YouTube cooking channel uh, basics with Babish. There I go. So the botanist will be delighted to know that actually it works because it was the <laughs> thing that actually I went the botanist because it's on there. I trust that guy. All the brand associations, all the things we talk about hit me hit and are there. And at no point go I because there's Gordons now. People mm. love Gordons gin. We're talking about Tankery, and I, at no point did love come into it. Mm. I was it, it was just there, and I've seen stuff, and I didn't want to make a bad di- buying decision, so I just picked that. So what's your point about, you said you were faced with this very challenge. Well, oh, it's just at no point was love, if that was a metric, at no point was love, and at no point I really loved that brand. It was the, None of the brands I particularly loved, they're all just gins. So it was then other associations that, that where had I seen it before, did I like the bottle? It was a little bit more expensive, I actually played into it. Mm. At no point was there any kind of... I didn't even have a personal recommendation. You know, I mean, Julie likes a gin, I've been told, and, and I know that you like it. It's odd one or two. Gin, gin, it was there. So I just think when so you're looking at the metric. disposition. Yeah. yeah, and that's what it came down to. Yeah. That's what it came down to. Thanks, Chris, you pulled me back on track. <laughs> there. Uh, so Because it's actually quite boring and functional, but brand marketers like to think that it is a mm. bit more emotional. Sure. And Well, and we've talked about this before, haven't we? I know I've used the example of my Patagonia versus my Lululemon jacket on previous pods, but the same point is here. And, you know, if you're talking about a brand that you look at and you respect and you value their values and, you know, you, you know, I would, I would, you would pick Patagonia every day of the week, but when push came to shove, I preferred the look of the Lululemon jacket and it's also a brand I really, really like, but in terms of sustainability credentials they are miles behind. So it's kind of like, even when you want to buy into the brand's purpose, you know, it, more often than not, it comes down to the kind of functional, mm. rational stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's. Yeah. So, and so it's just that whole, Brand love bollocksy nonsense thing that kind of 
it devalues it, the, yeah it the, just makes the, her life a little bit harder when you see it in a brief and what people love the brand I went I can't I can't do that because it's very much reliant on the product mm. there's very little that we can do to kind of pull that out to elevate it to push up the perceived value of something if the product's not very good because we were talking I mean a lot of people loved Debenhams which was a high street uh, and Woolworths and Woolworths yeah but uh, that's because of the kind of childhood memories yeah, and nostalgia, isn't yeah. it? Not because of the products yeah. sold. But if you were to go out and go, let's measure the brand love of this of this organisation, you'd think you'd be quids in. You think you'd mm. be you'd be doing really well, but actually nobody's going there. And there's lots, yeah, and because it's now moved on and there's something else. Well, and, and the gap as well. Yeah, you know, gap example, no longer on the British High Street. It's back to that statement about research and you know what people say, what people do, and what people say they do are all three separate things. Absolutely. So for me, I just, I got battered about the head. Now, interestingly, we have an article which I shall link to on the website that actually says that brand love is a good thing. Oh, yes, we do. And and I'm happy to kind of leave that on because I, I quite like the fact, because as an agency, we're capable of holding two different thoughts in our heads at the same time. And I think you, mm-hmm. can, you can look at it and kind of compare and go, well, this is one thought of it and there's another thought yeah. of it. But for me, I, I, I just think it's, you know, in case anybody goes to the website and goes, hold on, you've got two brand love articles, you know, one saying it's a, how Aye, do you make, say no. and I think that's up to the people because we make suggestions, clients make decisions. And I think it's the, it's the thing where like, I'd like to have the opposite case for it on the site. I, I still think it's fucking nonsense. But I think it's there. It's I think, the debate. Yeah, yeah, I think though you can on the, I guess on the kind of the counter to that slightly is that you can, you can love what a brand does yeah. without, you know, whether that's their stance on diversity, whether that's models that they use, whether it's sustainability, whatever it is, you know, you can, but still when push comes to shove, there are a whole other bunch of factors at play when ultimately you're making a decision about which and how much you care about choosing one over another. Yeah, because I, I love my, I love my AirPods. I love my Apple products, but I don't really love them. This is the unconditional You know what I mean? Thing, yeah, isn't it? That's exactly yeah. it. It's a shorthand phrase to kind of cover off a whole lot of things yeah, about why I'm not doing it. completely devalued, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But, and I also get why marketeers would like to hear, I mean, who doesn't want to hear that the product that you've been sweating over is loved by your customers? So I like, and I get that, and I'm not so saying that's So much of brand is talking about making connections yeah. and creating connections and telling stories and, yep. you know, having a personality. We talk about it through language and tone of voice, all of these kind of... Human personal aspects. aspects, human aspects of the brand. So it's it's not a mass, you know, massive leap to go, we want customers to love our brand. But yeah. I guess it's the over-placed sense so of importance of that as a metric. So is it our job to then reframe that for them and, and say, look, a more sensible metric is, what, what are the or things we should Growth. Yeah. It's growth. I mean, ultimately it's growth and NPS scores are probably say, a little yeah. bit, you know, NPS scores probably brand are more tracking, accurate. Yeah, it's brand tracking. Awareness. There's lots of things around it. Do, do you know, but... And, do you like the product? It's probably a better bit to try. Would you and, recommend the NPS? Yeah. yeah. Do you, and I think and for a recommended score for NPS and that that's that's gold. If you've mm-hmm. got high NPS, you're going mm. to grow. I mean, and that to me is a much more business focused yes. growth metric, outcome focused, rather yeah. than going. You know what we want people to love our brand. And you our, go, what, you know, business. You know, yeah, our sales are through the floor, but it doesn't matter, yeah. guys. Everyone loves our Everybody brand. Everybody loves our free trade. <laughs> Which is what the marketing director at Woolworths used to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was really, don't worry. Everybody loves our Nobody sweeties. shops here, but everyone loves us. Yeah. <laughs> I did love a Woolworths pick and mix, to be fair. Always kind of. Nobody, when I was a child, I didn't use the wee shovel. <laughs> There's always one. Pure <laughs> 
dear. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> How many pick and mix sweeties have you stolen in your time? I can't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a wee cheeky anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's basically, I mean, this is a short and sharp one, really. It's just in and out. I don't, but it just kind of, you know, I don't, I don't mind. We're just getting so back what are our, what's our summary points oh, here Julie. then? So make that's sure you're choosing one. the meaningful metrics. Yeah. Yeah, and and if somebody if some if somebody and I don't know if this is true or not, if somebody's from the C suite or somebody above you is coming in, we need people to love the brand, and that's the statement. I think the what, what does that break down into? And as Julie said, you know, brand tracking and and NPS scores, and while they're not necessarily as sexy as going, yeah, people love. At least you can build up to that. You know, I think at least you can say, so by knowing about our this and our this and our this and our NPS going and everything else, we can say that people do love it. So you can just roll that up and then you could maybe say at the end of it, and because of all this and some of the qualitative stuff we've done, um, people do love our product. That's great. And I mm. understand it, but it's got to be backed up by something more than an acronym for fresh. You know, it just... This management consultancy has got to make their money somehow. Well, I guess so. I guess I do just... Do you think they came up with fresh first and then worked it back? <laughs> You like could we just all love a bit meeting. of reverse engineering. Yeah, you could just again. see the meeting and went, got it, I've got it. Fun, <laughs> relevant, engaging, social and helpful. Oh. And someone that helpful, I'm all up for. I like a bit of helpful, but just fresh. What does that even mean? What does that mean? You have, to go, to Mar- the, you have to go to the fresh index for that. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an that's extra 100,000 pounds. So yeah, that's so that that's basically me bish bash boshing a bit. I can read the article, folks. It's good. A bit of rage. Please comment, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Please comment, and I'll put the other one in. Uh, and I think we'll we'll be doing another one of these podcasts where we state the the state of the nation of brand. State of the brand nation. No. Remember when we just used to do our jobs and we didn't need to write stuff and, and record yeah. stuff? We we're all publishers stuff. now, we're though, all, Stuart. We are all publishers now, that's the thing, but that's it. So, uh, but Good. anything else? No. Brilliant. Mind your Bye. 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 <laughs>